Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we oldsters have a Maylox moment as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 124th episode in the series, Cheaters. Call me an oldster. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like uh, Barrett uh, from, uh, you know, So Good We Named It would really appreciate that accent. So shout out. Yeah, I'm sure he could, he could crush that it, <laughs> he, he does a very good he can do any Hollingsworth really <laughs> yes it's very true very true um I like this one I think it's funny because it's um I don't know I guess I don't really or I've, I've just come to terms with it or I'm used to it of like having the same character be a completely different actor or yeah you gotta let it go um, you know? <laughs> yeah exactly but I think this one it's like almost works because I feel like Jerry Orbach first of all is awesome but second of all, like he and Alex Rocco are just such like Brooklyn guys, you know, that it's like it kind of works to have them like interchange. Yeah, it's interesting because like, I mean, they talk about this with Glenn and Dorothy, but I do feel like Alex Rocco is like a Brooklyn Italian and Glenn is like a Brooklyn Irish guy, you know, and or yeah, Glenn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's see what happened. Jerry Orbeck is like a Brooklyn Irish guy. And so like, it's funny that they don't, like they do work as the same character, but yeah, like right. definitely but, different. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and this entire episode, to your point, is like he talks a lot about how the Irish and the Italian fight or fought, you know, like that right. he, he turns beating each other up after school. So it's just hysterical that like Alex Rocco, who was in The Godfather, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like, <laughs> exactly is playing this role. But anyway, it's great um also so so I just want to talk a little bit about um the oh and (laughs) hang on I'm all over the place but I just remembered the other line where it's like you know I never dreamed you grew up in Brooklyn I was like really (laughs) yeah this guy (laughs) well I do wonder like how they haven't talked about it it seems as though they were dating I know know. well they (laughs) didn't get to where you're from yeah, they were too busy fucking. Yes, but I feel like it's like casual drink conversation. Like, what else are you talking about? <laughs> Lauren, I think you I think you underestimate their passion, okay? The the small talk was extremely minimal. <laughs> I guess so, right after broad with job. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But anyway, just one more bit of background, which um, of course we got from you know Jim Colucci's book, The Bible. Um, so Tom Whedon, who you know created this episode, um he said, you know, that he really wanted to put Dorothy into a situation where she was a woman, like not like, you know, an, an attractive and a sexual woman, like not this quote unquote, like ugly mannish woman, like all of the insults said, you know, in the show. And again, we've talked a little bit about, or a lot of it about, I guess, at this point, how like the show is building and building and, and to, to sort of physically and visually insult Dorothy more and more, which of course is like sort of B. Arthur's breaking point of not being able to obviously separate her looks from the character of Dorothy. So I thought that was actually interesting that like some writers even at this point are making an effort to sort of counteract those other jokes, which I thought was kind of nice. And it didn't say anything about how, you know, Tom sort of was like sweet on B. Arthur in terms of like trying to make her feel better like who knows what was happening now in terms of like did people know that she was kind of upset about these jokes like did she make it known was she just like super professional and just rolled with it like what you know I don't know that background but I thought it was interesting that it was called out that he's like I want to make this episode about Dorothy's like sexual desirability yeah that's really interesting and actually like that um one of the things I noted was this storyline 
I feel like works um, as one of the best to sort of uh, basically counteract the dehumanization of old people, which I think the whole, the show yes. is, you know, totally focuses on, but this dating cycle and this also like from, from every perspective, like having your friend sort of go back with somebody who you don't think they should be with or who you do think they should be with and is complicated or yeah. who you just have big feelings about or, and then like from Dorothy's perspective, like dating somebody who's bad for you and like dealing with the emotional fallout of that, like that's often used, like that's not an original sort of plot point but it's yeah. always a younger person and like yeah, always I yeah in fact, like until you called it out I didn't even recognize it as such <laughs> right yeah but that, like you know I just I feel like that also is in line with it and like it makes her the center Dorothy the center of the story yeah. in the way that you're talking about it's like an object of like sexual desire and also just like somebody who's dating a complicated situation which is totally normal and totally common but just not often portrayed by a woman in her 60s you know yeah exactly. a great looking gal in her 40s even <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect um all right so should we should we back up start start at the top yeah peanuts envy <laughs> I, I i thought that was a pretty groany joke <laughs> like a really some writer was like this so. gotta be it this has to be it it's so good this is such a good joke <laughs> Well, it only goes up from there. <laughs> my, my yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, and where is it going? Where it usually goes, room 506 of the quality court. <laughs> yeah, it's a great Very one. <laughs> interesting that Mel Bushman's mentioned here, right? Like we're setting some groundwork for future plot points. I know. And talking about where is this relationship going? Like that exactly, is an interesting, um, the, there's some follow through with that. Exactly. Like I kind of was tricked into thinking that this was the Mel Bushman episode. Me too. <laughs> me too. I had that same note. Out of Africa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I love the, so speaking of what you were discussing, right. Of like the, your friend is going back with this person. <laughs> right. And the first time yeah. when we saw Alex Rocco, right. We had, we had a lot of conflicting messages from Blanche and Rose particularly, and obviously Sophia in terms of like what they thought Dorothy should do. Right. Um, and <laughs> it comes back here, except <laughs> like tunes change a little bit, but I do love the self-respect is for losers like Rose. <laughs> so good. Oh my God. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's so great. It's it's just a perfect insult. That's like not too insulting. And it's, it's yeah. um, <laughs> it's a great combination, but, um, but I do think everybody's reaction is like really interesting. Right. Especially flashing forward a bit of like Mariam, what Rose is for it. You know, it's really interesting of like this morality play of like, okay, well you were sort of, you know, breaking God's law or whatever, you know, previously when he was actually married, but like now that he's not, it's like totally fine. <laughs> I just think it's like, it's a very Puritan-esque type of, um, measuring stick you know for like whether or not these relationships are quote-unquote ethically valid yeah yeah it totally is just like that's the only thing that matters like if he's yeah. married nothing else it doesn't matter if he's like, like emotionally if he wasn't available separated exactly exactly <laughs> it's so fascinating broad with broad. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so i i love i just love the you know uh the whooping cranes thing with the faking on on the uh <laughs> 
Oh yeah, whooping cranes. <laughs> on the phone. But what's even funnier is like if you think about, you know, what we previously discussed uh, a couple episodes back where Dorothy's running the um the wetlands pet mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. She actually should give more. She should give more than a flying fig of, of whooping cranes. Like this actually kind of is like in her line. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean she she's supporting. on their list for some reason. <laughs> so they know. Yeah, I mean, no, it must be from the wetlands benefit. That's why. Yeah. Um uh, yeah the like physical gag that the Arthur does twice of pretending to like you know like miming stuff like writing stuff down while she's on the phone is so funny and like it's let me check my book (laughs) (laughs) I seem to be clear it's so good (laughs) and like really great I just feel like she does such a good job with like the the pause and like it's just a yes. perfect it's just like such good timing she's well, just an incredible actress this before right but like this show in particular stands out as realistic phone conversations one yeah phone conversations that i it's it's a tv trope just like when people pick up you know empty coffee cups <laughs> of like <laughs> bad you know like i feel like the top three are like people don't talk on the phone like you normally would people pick up coffee coffee cups when there's nothing in them and cannot pretend for the life of them that there is coffee <laughs> in it, much less hot coffee and three like the third one is like when you're driving a car and like you're just constantly looking at the passenger <laughs> instead of the road I the road like yeah <laughs> are like three things that constantly in tv and movies like stand out as like this is taking me out of it you fuckers but like golden girls does a great job on the phone element they really do i thought that was amazing they often don't pick up you know it's not this is way before the age of uh we're you know we're seeing a lot of takeout coffee so we, we don't really kind of deal with that in the show or the driving as much but but anyway they do a good job on the phone is what i'm saying yeah they totally do i agree i agree and i think this is like i don't know this is just such a great b arthur episode she really she oh, really wonderful. kind of like runs with it on every level which is um, great because again like that tom whedon designed it for her right to really like you know really make an emotional impact and have her be the center yeah yeah and you know what's interesting too i wanted to say when you're talking about the reactions is um like okay so when sophia's like he must have asked her out this century that's okay it's a (laughs) little like it's funny but when you know i guess the context of like what's coming down you're like oh but it's funny it it really works in this moment um but i like that she changes her tune like she basically is like i can't tell you what to do which is not necessarily very sophia but also she just lost thousands of dollars of dorothy's money so i I like that she recognizes that like maybe cool it a little bit right now <laughs> that's actually really fair <laughs> yeah it's actually kind of an interesting weaving of the a and b plots right <laughs> like, yeah of like oh okay well it would have probably been a bit of a different script had we not had you know the mall scene yeah the mall the mall is such a great scene okay like can we just talk about one the 80s and like smoking cigarettes everywhere inside <laughs> oh my god also, also like restaurants oh Ugh. my god I know oh my god and then it was like do you want non-smoking it's just right here not behind <laughs> yeah the wall. you won't get anything <laughs> so crazy. I remember that it was so great Ugh. there's not even a barrier it's just you're not sitting actively next to somebody who's smoking um, <laughs> Anyway, but I do love how I was trying to like pay attention to the nun and uh, hilariously, the nun, the actress was so nervous that she kept 
flubbing her lines, like her very few lines. And apparently Rue put the nun's lines on her own chest so she couldn't mess it up. So she oh, would she's read the best. off of Rue's chest. <laughs> I, isn't that amazing? I mean, it's very much like flavors of Estelle, right? Estelle had lines all over the set. Like she had it on the, you know, the... Um, center pieces and like back and like taped all over different places right because she struggled as well but I thought that was like an interesting anecdote but I was paying attention to like the nun's lines in particular she actually like in terms of the character she's playing who is playing a character <laughs> she's like she doesn't give anything away in the entire scene verbally that like she doesn't eventually say you know like when we see the cheese man later when he's like yeah hi you know i'm the cheese man and everybody's like oh my god (laughs) she doesn't have anything the only way we know that she's in on it is (laughs) smoking a smoking yeah it's like but it's really funny because it's like one like nuns smoked they Mm -hmm. they, what are you talking about like that doesn't necessarily make her a bad fake nun but it does on tv love it's like she smokes like oh she's yeah then you get it the audience is like oh. <laughs> yeah totally totally and it's like funny yeah i mean yes this is after surgeon general but it's not necessarily meaning that you're evil you know what i mean no I mean, people are smoking cigarettes at the time barack obama smoked cigarettes like it doesn't mean you're bad <laughs> totally anyway. <laughs> um but yeah i i just i love that that is the signal and everybody understands yeah. So I looked up Nancy Lehan, I think is how you pronounce her name, as the right. nun, because she's in a lot. And it's interesting that she had sh- such trouble because she's a pretty long resume. She was on um, Grace Under Fire. She was in the recent League of Their mm. Own reboot. She has a very long, like, mostly like a, a small side character actor, you know, but yeah, um, yeah. definitely been in a lot of things. And Sam McMurray, who plays the guy, he also has a pretty long resume as well. Oh, so they're both he's like the dad. He's the dad of uh, of Rebecca in um, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous. That was what I took too. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the one that's like he owns the uh, terrible furniture shop. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, such a good movie. <laughs> The secret is the hutch is included in the price. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, he's funny. No, I think, I mean, she's a great actress. I think it's just also the pressure of being on, this is season five and these yeah. are incredibly intense ladies, right? Like acting with um, Estelle Getty and Ruby Clanahan, no joke. So pretty funny. Yeah. Um, did you catch <laughs> after, so after we have smoking none, did you catch the flip transition? Yes. Oh my God. I wrote the hell is that? (laughs) I know with an end and not only did it have a flip screen transition, like we're fucking like, you know, Apple iMovie in 2002, but, (laughs) but it came with a typewriter noise. Did you hear that too? I didn't get it. I don't have a note about the typewriter noise, but I do have it. You gotta watch it. Everybody go back and watch it. The flip visual is hysterical. And then the typewriter, it goes like, wow yeah what is going on there (laughs) taking a lot of living that is legit the very first time that's ever happened it's not addressed in the Jim Colucci book I have no idea it's it's really (laughs) fascinating so just like playing around (laughs) with the editing which is funny because you know we've spoken a couple times about how they have you know they use the fade out that's like that's like Golden Girls signature right and it fits for the the theme and the feeling of the show so I have no idea why they felt it. They couldn't use it here. 
because it's like really perfect. The 90s, maybe. Oh, God, I don't know. It's like, yeah, just moving into the decade. We're like, well, we got to do something different. So anyway, I just, (laughs) that like totally struck me incredibly, as incredibly odd. Really subversive technique (laughs) in the 90s. I know. Oh, my God. Amazing. (laughs) So, so yes, oldsters. Mm Yeah, this, so, I mean, um, yeah, the mall, the mall scam. It's like you know, it's it's just it's very memorable, and it's like it's funny that that like Rose is the one that's like, what are you talking about? It's like the oldest one in the book. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like I was like, oh, how does Rose of all people know about this? But she works for Enrique Moss, so like, yeah, that's, all that's right. Um, I have heard it many times, but the boy who didn't cry wolf made me laugh out loud. I was dying. <laughs> Um, I had I had taken an edible full disclosure and I was like this is uh, really great writing but it is it's really funny regardless um, and I love high. yeah the introduction when she's like well perhaps this little story might make you change your mind it's just like so smug she's just so Betty White like is coming out with the comedy here and it's so so, so funny <laughs> incredible <laughs> Oh man. Um, all right. So do you, do you have any more to say about the scam? I feel like the scam's pretty wrapped up. It's pretty wrapped up. Um, I mean, I have some questions like they didn't look in the envelope. They didn't check to see if it was cash. Um, no, I don't, I don't have anything. And I also feel like this is like, you know, pre emails from a Nigerian prince. So like, this is the scam of the day. Um, and I'm sure it got some people. Like I'm sure they they prey on the old and the gullible. So like, <laughs> it's probably pretty of the time. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, but yeah, I I, I too was like, you didn't check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You just have to move past. Yeah. Um. um okay. Right, so so let's, Glenn, let's get to yeah. Let's get to Glenn's apartment here. So how come you cheated on your wife? Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> Right to final Jeopardy. I bet you love that so line. Good. Um, I love it. Uh, Jerry Orbach, first of all, is so charming. Alex Rocco is great too. Oh, is. But when he's like, um, when, you know, like first of all, Dorothy's so good at playing like nervous when she's like, good water. But then when he comes in and he's like, kidding, like he's just so I know. great. I, I really, I think they have such good chemistry. So I think the, um, (laughs) I think the nervous, the nervousness of Dorothy is wonderful. It's really, really funny. And it's funny too, how quickly then it goes just up to 11 and they're like, let's go in the bedroom. (laughs) I know, right? There's so much tension. So the line where she's like, you know, um, I told, uh, you know, my mother that keep both feet on the ground, whatever that, and then, um he uh he's like my mother wanted me to be a priest oh my <laughs> god like, yeah it's a bad day for mothers <sighs> um which is hysterical um so Dorothy said that that was Dorothy B B said that that was like her favorite line ever on the show <laughs> so <laughs> good she, she delivers it perfectly like just like as she's being led away you know and like kind of turns around oh it's so great <laughs> Um, I looked up the cells information. So, um, (laughs) on average, the cells in your body are actually replaced every seven to 10 years, but it really varies. So like a type of white blood cell could only last for two days and the cells in the middle of your eyes 
will last basically your entire life, which is from, this is all from lifescience.com. Um, so I mean, Dorothy probably, yeah, it's not crazy. So she probably did read that and there is some truth to it. Um, but I also think it's just funny to see her sort of like resorting to that as like Mm -hmm. justification because it demonstrates a little bit of her conflict, which is like, she's so into this guy, but she kind of is like, is this, the right thing right now and this is obviously before the Bernice conversation which um I think really opens a lot but uh so she's conflicted I guess going in even prior to that so it's nice it's like well because she remembers that he didn't leave his wife for her right right it's complicated (laughs) he like yeah he very like clearly is like well yeah she found herself with someone else you know and it's like he couldn't the, the conflict we had last time is like grow some fucking balls Glenn yeah you you know decide what you need to do and the conflict this time which I think is really creative is that it builds on the first one where it's like he can't he doesn't know you know he's like I'm too old to start over that's what Alex Rocco says right and men she's like what (laughs) seriously and this time he says marry me and take me away from all this right and like the whole like broad with job and you're just like you are such a fucking wuss like you can't You have to take care of yourself. And obviously, and I think we discussed this last time too, Dorothy, of all the characters on this show, has done the work. We see her in episode two, <laughs> you know, having these conversations and having to, and, and obviously throughout the entire series of like having to constantly come back to this conflict with her ex and learn how to be okay alone right? And like learn how to resist the temptation of like going back to something that was comfortable and easy once, or like in this case has great sexual chemistry because you know that ultimately it's actually not good for you. And I think what's really funny is like, you know, that whole adage, like when people show you who they are, believe them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like the exact, like when he's as broad with job, that's like, he's just like, the dictionary definition of that phrase yeah (laughs) just like you like he makes a joke but like that's what he wants he it doesn't matter that it's Dorothy it's easy that it's Dorothy because they have great chemistry but it doesn't fucking matter and I think that that is like Dorothy's way too smart to get caught up in that so I kind of like how this isn't like a stretched out storyline that it's just like bebop in, have a little good sex and be like, nah, I was right the first time. See you later. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I also think something you said about the second episode is like Glenn and Stan are a little bit similar. Like they're, I mean, they are very similar, but like, they're like boys. Like they can't total boys come do my laundry. Like, right. Break man. (laughs) Like you gotta live. And I also think like, I, um, I have a good friend who's, going through a divorce and Mm. the thing is like when I think about her situation it would have been easier to stay like it like it would have blown up her life you know it would have been fine but then it would require like emotionally settling basically and like accepting less than you deserve and I feel like Dorothy is such a great example in this of not doing that because like she could be with Glenn they do have great chemistry and she knows frankly how to take care of a man and like handle all of his stuff and get like you know towels for him and things like that but she's not willing to do that again and I think that is just like such a great it's such a feminist episode really you know and it's like such a feminist storyline um and it's nice that also like yeah she does like she gets to have sex with him and she's very attracted to him and that's really also great like there's value in that but ultimately like 
that's different than having her life be with him and taking on the responsibility of him, which is fucking insane that a man who's the same age as her is a responsibility for her to take on. Um, And like that is, I feel like what actually bothers her and the Bernice call just is like the, you know, like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like, that's what sets her off, but the weight of everything else is actually the issue. Yes. And honestly, like of all the good things that she has with him now, which honestly the biggest thing is just like sexual chemistry and attraction. Like how attractive is he going to be in six months when you keep fucking doing his laundry? Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, come on now. (laughs) Yeah. You can't do that. You can, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, it's really, it's really great. I love that. I, I, I think it is funny again, that like we have the, you know, old stuff storyline about, um, you know, marriage <laughs> immediately. Prenatal <laughs> agreement. Like, pre-na- even if you have to sign one of those prenatal agreements. Like I'm happy <laughs> that we, we address, I know, I'm happy that we address the dumb marriage thing just so Rose can say that line. <laughs> Me too, I allow it for that. <laughs> it's so great, it's so great. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I think it's, it is just really funny to me where it's just like, he's like, cool, we boned again. You want to marry me? Like the ink is absolutely still wet on my divorce. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, wait, I wanted to ask you. So do you think that, so he's very skittish, obviously about telling Bernice about Dorothy. So do you think that Bernice knew about them? And like, that would be like a triggering thing for her to hear. Cause otherwise I'm like, you guys are divorced. She's with someone else. Why does it matter if you're dating? That's actually a really good theory. I don't know. <laughs> he caught him. <laughs> yeah. Ex- no, I mean, well, he's not exactly, you know, I, I don't think he'd be super attentive to his, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his cheating and dalliances, but, but yeah, that's a good theory, actually. I think that'd be interesting. And I think he is selfish. So I don't think it would be necessarily like, oh, Bernice would be hurt that I'm with someone else or that I'm with the woman I cheated on. It's like, she would get mad at me and yell at me because she remembers that Dorothy was the woman that I cheated on her with. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, I feel like of, I'm self-preservation. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just like, I don't even want to get into it, right? Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, I think that's what it is, yeah. Um, one quick other thing is, <laughs> there's no reason my mother shouldn't have her cookies. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Love it. Such a good ending. Oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially if like somebody goes through the trouble of going like to an out of the way bakery, right? You're just like, yeah. Okay, not <laughs> that's not what you see. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> oh my God. It was great. Um, but yeah, I love this one. It's great. You know, I mean, Jerry Orbach's always a delight. So it's really fun. Yeah. That's all I have to do. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. Well, join us next time. We're going to discuss two chickens, a ladle, and a goat to be named later. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody.